Well, we're going to the hideout that I've lived for a lot of... It was my, my favorite hideout that we're going back to, and I'm, it's pretty personal to me. I have a lot of memories there, and it was really nice. You know, I would leave that place a mess, and then I would leave for a while, and I'd come back, and that mess is gone from the way it went. So easy to just go and leave it dirty and then come back clean and stay low. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Uh, end log. rectify what happened last night no no uh actually you, when you come out of your room you do see like adam like scooping a bunch of like wet flour out of his doorway and he stops mid-sweep and looks up at you and just kind of gives a shit-eating grin sweeps up the last of it and then goes and throws it out the airlock i locked you in your room all night i don't feel that bad i think i won that one also give me that flour i'm gonna bake with it a little bit of me is going to be inside of you. He he looks down at the very dirty flower and he's like, okay, if that's what you want. Do any of you do anything this morning? So this morning, Patches wakes up and she wipes from her nose this kind of black blood that she didn't realize had come out while she was sleeping. And Horace is looking down over her. And looking up and down and seeing that some more of her veins are bulged out and turning black, um, Horace realizes that she can't function with something so scarring still being suppressed. So he's going to point her his horn at the back of her neck and cast Remove Curse to undo the mental barriers he put up. And while it's still overpowering and horrendous for her to remember what happened and try to reconcile the fact that a girl that she had watched die from sickness seemingly had returned despite having to process that in the light of day out of the situation she feels more able to function but she's just overwhelmed with a kind of exhaustion so, so she's for just on ability checks. very emotionally exhausted and just kind of out of it for the rest of the day yeah, she can't stop thinking about it, and it's just kind of distracting her, but she's still trying to just be functional. Okay. So you wake up. Xerxes, since this is your treasure hunt... Wait, he... We need to go to the hideout, don't we? D- do we? This is your treasure hunt. Xerxes left the maps there. Okay. So, yeah. Go to the hideout. Uh, I guess... Should, so is now it's just our free time, basic kinda. Kinda. Okay. So uh, Xerxes calls any calls everybody into I guess the meeting room. Yeah. Wherever. That's where you guys do the party. Yeah. Ohio, Onichan. <laughs> Onichan. Okay. Uh, so yeah, Xerxes calls everybody in the. Oh, you guys! Since we're on soon, I got some uh, treasure chests that I've brewed around soon. 
because uh, at one point in time I thought it would be funny to do that. <laughs> uh, but I think they have some valuable stuff in them, and it looks like y'all are want uh, y'all are want uh, some valuable stuff too. So as a treasure maps at the this place that I used to live in for a very long time. So uh, I mean, let's go there. Money. Sure, I guess there's money in there. Cal, go. Where? Hold on. Where is it? Uh, the the place where I live. Yeah. Or the the treasure maps. <coughs> yeah. Where I gotta know where I'm flying. Oh, um, well, I call it a hideout. It's uh by the uh the the beach, I think, right? Xerxes knows where it is, so he he pulls up the map and points to where it is on the map. Uh, he looks at it and he's like, "Are you? Did you? Did you used to live in the, the Super's HQ? The old Super's HQ? Uh, it has a name. That stupid ball thing. Yeah, but I mean, the thing surrounded by a bunch of lightning storms. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That. How are we going to fly into that? I can do it. <laughs> I mean, I I did it. A lot. All right. This treasure better be worth it. Um, and you guys load up onto the ship. I'm assuming Patches takes control of the helm. If the true treasure isn't yeah, friendship, although, I'm going to be mad. I think you guys pack up what you think you'll need. We're just not going to fly the ship there? Yeah, you'll, 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 you'll fly the ship there. Uh, what do you mean by pack up? You pack up what you need because you're not going to take the big ship. Oh, okay. You're going to take the transport ship. As far as you're aware, this isn't supposed to be anything bigger than just pick up a map and then go. You're going to... Uh, you get on the ship and you start flying down. And as you get closer, you patch it. Uh, you, uh, well, all of you kind of notice this, like, clouds circulating this beach. And you see just lightning strike here and there. Does it all know a lot about marine life on other planets other than Pack? Um, she's been, I mean, if she's been to the planet before, yeah. so she's been to soon, I'm assuming she'd know more than, more than the average Joe, but not like a crazy large amount. She's just been in the ocean, so she knows. Yeah, you, you know, the, the area around this beach is unlivable just because of how often struck by lightning. So yeah, I imagine you guys start to fly down and you see this weird, unnatural storm surrounding this area. And you start to fly down um, patches. Roll piloting. I'm standing near patches. Oh, wait. Do I... So does it seem that her exhaustion is hampering her abilities? Or is it being just canceled by the inputs that Xerxes seems to be subconsciously giving? I think it's a bit of you're kind of zoning out and... Xerxes has a hand on your shoulder and he's just watching you fly and instinctively anytime he sees you turn a wrong direction he just instinctively squeezes your shoulder a little which kind of pulls you out of that fog but you're still kind of zoning out in that case without disadvantage it is a natural 20 (laughs) fucking course it is wow okay Uh, yeah there's a few times where like your eyelids kind of relax and you're just not focusing on where you're going and you're flying directly into a storm while doing so but Xerxes uh, Xerxes comes up 
and he's just watching this storm very carefully and has a hand on your shoulder and anytime he sees you not turn or turn a wrong direction he just instinctively twitches and squeezes your shoulder and it brings you out of this funk and you turn unless he squeezes your shoulder again and then you don't turn in that direction and turn the opposite direction and it's just a, a moment of you just turning and then zoning back out and then Xerxes squeezing your shoulder again to bring you back out of the funk and you guys pull closer and closer and realize this massive metal sphere has windows on it that have been shattered and there's a huge hole in the side of the sphere what used to be a landing spot on it is just now buried in sand and you guys come in through the bottom where there's another hole in this massive base and it seems mildly taken care of but even as you land in front of this place it looks like it's been almost trashed because you can see bottles and cans of alcohol just sitting in the sand and as you walk closer you notice there's like what fairy lights you notice there's fairy lights just dangling from the ceiling and the walls um but some of them seem to have gone out uh there's dust and cobwebs here and there and as you walk in you notice cases of alcohol that are empty you notice boxed wine that's just kind of laying to the side uh there's empty bottles of heavy liquor and empty liter bottles of sodas and there's like squished up limes there's empty salt containers lying around and you walk in deeper and deeper and you just follow down these holes uh, these halls into this very open area with a makeshift staircase that leads down into this massive meeting hall that has been decorated in a more home homey type way you see uh, couches and tv you see a uh, actually well put together kitchen that's been set up to the side but it's all kind of fallen apart recently you see just more alcohol containers more alcoholic drink making stuff you see pizza boxes you see takeout containers just lying around everywhere you actually see the tv is on and you see one single sofa chair that's got a hole in it uh and you can see someone with their arm hanging off the side uh wearing some kind of uniform and uh you see their arm fall off of the other side and they drop a can and uh, drop a bottle and reach into a case next to them and realize that there's no more and you hear them sigh and they stand up and turn around and you see this moon elf uh who looks really ragged and old and they've got a bit of a beer gut and um you can see bags under their eyes and their long white hair that probably at one time had a nice beautiful braid in it is now matted and has so many dead ends and comes down to the back of their knees and they seem confused when they see you what's up uh it seems someone has uh taken refuge in my hideout as i've been gone um hello why why are you here yeah that's my response mikey <laughs> why don't you answer xerxes i haven't thought about this <laughs> This is weird to me. 
I'm trying to think of how I should do his new voice right now. Who, who are you? Uh, Xerxes, who's this? I don't know. I asked him who he was, and then he rudely asked who we were. We answered us, so I don't know. I'm, I'm Adam. I, I mean, I, I guess, well, I'll introduce myself. I'm Xerxes. And he points to Val, and you're like, that's Val? Uh, 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 my name is... What? My name is... Who? My name is... <laughs> I forget the next line. Chicka chicka. Something about... I hate... I hate Rick Sanchez. Name. My name is Rick... Rick Torum Sanchez. Uh, 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 Xerxes, come here a second. He doesn't do that, and he points to Cal and... <laughs> we are criminals. <laughs> I'm not introducing myself as Val to people. This, uh, is, this is his hideout. <laughs> uh... Cal says, "I'm I'm Cal." Uh, and then uh, he points the patches. That's patches. Um, I think beside patches is Horace. And then, she's currently staring at them intently, using her battle master's "Know Your Enemy" to assess specifically the figure who had talked to them and see are they of a higher level than her. Um, I was like exhausted already because you guys, how dare you? He, he appears to be very strong, but not super competent in the state that he is. Um, like he seems extremely powerful, like capable, but not competent. If that makes sense. So just, she just gets an impression that he's powerful, but can't wield it well. Cause that's unsettling. Like, he's capable of being very strong, but he's also very old and very clearly very drunk. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, and then uh, he points to what seems like just empty space. Now that's spicy. <laughs> spicy doesn't come out of the theater realm. He just points at the open space and says that's spicy. Uh, so then I, I'm going to ask you again, uh, who, who are you? Um, he he laughs and he like throws his hands in the air and looks around like he owns the place because he does. He's like, okay, you still haven't said your name, sir. Uh, my name is Savaran Dulatwes. This is my home. What the fuck all are you doing here? Uh, Xerxes said he left some things here. I came to rob and loot. Uh, I, I mean, I did leave stuff in here, but this is also my home that I, I mean, I kind of left for like a long time, but I have also lived here a long time and I've never seen you before. He laughs and nods his head like he, he already knows uh, and starts making his way to the makeshift kitchen does he say anything? Uh, so he knows that Xerxes or someone else has been living here as well? Yeah, he knows that someone's been living here because he'd come back from his uh, bounties and drop things off and pick things up and realize the place is a bit of a mess. So he'd clean things up uh, and tidy up before leaving again. He's going to the kitchen. 
Yeah, he he re, he opens up the fridge and reaches in uh, and sighs and pulls out a half-empty carton of beer. Right? Is that the right term? Carton? Is it carton? Uh, six case? Pack. Case. Uh, a half-empty case of um, beer and takes one out and pops it open and br- starts bringing the case and the open beer to his uh, sofa chair. Ah, oh, yes. So it was you who was trashing the place while I was gone back then. And you said... And he pops one open because he's sitting down now. You left something here. Take it and get out. I want to be alone. Yeah, he he just kind of waves you guys off and like... You, you see him reach out to a coffee table that's kind of flipped on its side, but you see like a remote sitting on top of it and you see the remote just kind of fly towards him and a few seconds later you feel a, a gush of wind hit you as well. Okay, so... Uh, well, I I mean this guy's obviously drunk. I don't believe every word he's saying. But, I mean, all I really came here for were the treasure maps, and Kel did say I should just go on killing people, so let's just go get the treasure maps and leave, I guess. Y'all down for that? And then he starts walking towards where he left the treasure maps. Yes, replies I, Rick Rictorum Sanchez. Adam says, yeah, this place kind of smells, let's go. All right. And then he goes down uh, to the area where he left the treasure maps that you can explain it if you want yeah you guys uh you guys walk into this open area and you walk up a half broke half broken staircase that xerxes you remember this staircase wasn't broken but it it is kind of now it looks like someone like accidentally their foot went through one of the floorboards of this makeshift staircase that was put together um and you guys walk up into a hallway and you reach up and grab the door frame of one of these rooms and pull yourself into this room and you go around digging through some of the stuff and you find a like like an old map not like not like an old falling apart paper map with water damage or anything like that like i mean one from one that you'd buy at a gas station of just this country that you're in and uh you see if you uh, you see five markings on it and with it, you actually see a picture. And it's like a picture of this group. There's like uh, seven people standing in the back and five people standing in the front. They're a very happy group of people trying to pose for this picture. Uh, the five in the front are kneeling and the ones in the front from left to right, uh, you see a dignified and poised satyr uh, on one knee. Facing away from him, a jovial dragonborn with a headband on, uh, wrapped around their head, is like flexing towards this large woman uh, who is a human with an outgoing face with a buzz cut. And they're like flexing towards the camera just with a big cheesy grin. Next to her on her right is a dark elf with a messy bun flexing towards her. And behind him is this baby-faced sun elf displaying a gentle smile. 
the group standing uh, again from left to right includes a dark-skinned dwarven man with a stoic face uh an olive-toned man to his right uh is scrunching up his face for a this just massive cheesy grin with his arm around a hobgoblin who who looks grizzled and scarred very soldier-esque and just half-assing the smile just kind of f- trying to force a smile um you your eyes dart right over this the center two people you look at the three standing to the right and it's a bearded half-elf with exhaustion in his face but pride in his eyes uh next to him is this cocky wood elf shoving a moon elf who is just the mid laugh in the middle though you see standing behind the large flexing human is a large half orc who appears to be smiling at a laughing man that she's holding in a bridal fashion uh, a very generic looking human man on the back of this photo that you turn around uh, you see a list of names and they, they seem to be in the same order that these people are in just in different signatures and different pens or pencils and different handwritings uh, appear to be signed uh, you see from from left to right on the top you see Damaja Yu, Ian Lee, Ivan Watervale and it appears to be next to his name written by a different completely different hand uh, with different uh, color pen is most kills uh, next to that name is Bella, uh, Belladonna LR uh, with a heart around it and the name John Doe underneath it. And you see Greg Smith, San, open quotation, Jammers, close quotations, Lacree, and next to his name, Alan Zilvaris. Under those names, you see Velio Wertz, Frank, James Vianth, Lochran, Aravain, and Yugdan. And you recognize all these names from your book of names. So when he's reading the names, tears start falling from his eyes. And uh, he uh, he wipes them away like, ugh, fucking soon uh, allergies. And then as he's doing that, he quickly puts the picture into his bag. And then he picks up the map like, all right, guys, we got the map. Let's go. <laughs> Can I loot? Yeah, roll looting. Fifteen. Okay, uh, you look around and you find this talons cache, mm-hmm. which is like this box that you can store talons, talons off of any server or anything like that. And it's got like 500,000 talons in it. You also find like a diamond. You find this crown, but the gems are missing from it. Like it looks Ooh. like it was supposed to have gems, but the crown itself is still, it still seems valuable. It's made with a precious metal. Yonk. Stick him. All right. And you guys head back out? Yeah. Uh, as we're heading out, Xerxes looks over at where uh, Savaran is, is, and he says, uh, All right. Uh, thanks for keeping the hideout warm, I, I guess. Bye. Goodbye, he, says I. He does, I. like, finger guns over the couch uh, and, like, lets out a deep, heavy sigh. There's a, a box sitting on a table near the kitchen, a pizza box with half a pizza left and you see him reach behind the chair and just like wave towards himself and you uh see the pizza just slide off the table and slide all the way across the floor over towards him and you feel a gush of wind follow that as well and he reaches down and picks up the piece of pizza and starts eating it so he's like and is like all right this dude is obviously mental and mentally unstable it's not provoke and moves away and yeah you guys leave do you guys go back to the ship before you 
Like the, uh, do you go back to the rigid Phoenix before you look at this map, or do you just look at it as soon as you get onto the transport ship? I mean, we're uh, sitting on a transport ship. I yeah, assume we did it. Yeah, no, Xerxes uh, shows the map to everybody on the transport ship and like, all right. So unless the what's it called? Oh yeah, the unless the surface of the of soon has changed in five hundred years, the these uh, markings on this map should still be where they are. The surface has changed a lot in the last 500 years. I assume the markings were done within the past 30. I'm talking about, like, continent moving. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, you, you look at this map, and it's it, it's got, like, these five X's on it. Two of them are in the middle of the ocean, uh, but one of them is actually labeled, and it's labeled the Bismuth Kingdom. And one of them is a district within Eversol called uh, Wild Tross. There's another marking just northeast of Eversol uh, and its access city. Just south of Eversol, there's a uh, marking over Agrishol. And then again, the other two are out in the middle of the ocean. Okay. He, well, I'm assuming there's like a, like a table or something in the transport where he lays down the map on the like table or something. Oh, like yeah. It. Like it's one of those massive ones. That are like you start unfolding it and you just keep unfolding it. Okay. okay and then yeah. after a certain point, you just stop unfolding it because it's it's unruly. Yeah. Okay. Oh, also retroactively, Xerxes let no one see whoever is in that photo or the names. There was like a really sleight of hand. Oh, Val was going to comment about how one of them was really hot. Oh yeah, no, you didn't see that. No. Val thinks about. Someone, but, but, someone, but, you open it, and Val's like, "Someone really hot's nearby." But all, <laughs> all of y'all did see Xerxes cry. We're used to it. So you've been doing it a lot recently. <laughs> all right, Xerxes still thinks it's allergies. Anyways, Patches wants to roll an insight check to see if she can, with disadvantage, to see if she can determine whether it's emotion or allergies. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Eleven, and that would be eleven plus. This a fourteen. So not high. You don't think it's allergies. Okay. Mm. Um so he he points at the map and like, well, Xerxes is great. Treasure hunting uh I didn't think of a name for this. Uh, anyways, where do y'all want to go first? The Bismuth Kingdom, is that in the middle of the ocean? Yep. Yeah, okay. Val like looks at it and she's like, uh nah and walks away. <laughs> Y'all can do this. I don't want to. Did you just say you didn't want to go in the ocean? Um, I'm, and she hand bones for a little bit. Uncomfortable. Do we have any treasure? Is there a desert where we could look for treasure around? No, no water. No. Uh, I mean, you guys could always go back to Bronimus. <sighs> Ugh. Zick is gonna like dig in on it. Like, wait, Val, you talking? Why are you saying those, the ocean is uncomfortable? I just... Okay. Do you guys know anything about Triton history? Not at all. You? So, uh, the patches? Only as far as it extends to your history with us. Does Val, as a person, know the business kingdom? Uh, I imagine she's probably been taught of it. Um, it's like when the Tritons moved when they left earth mm -hmm. or not earth when they left soon uh just before or just at the beginning of the provisional solar tree war um there was a group of tritons that decided to stay back and most of the other kingdoms 
were destroyed by just water and looting by the provision. Um, the Bismuth Kingdom, they took in everyone that didn't want to go with the rest of their kingdoms, and they just kind of stayed there. Um, so they're known as the people who stayed behind. They're also famous. They, they famously tend to have more uh, of their people with tails, uh, just because this planet has more iron than Pac does. Ah, uh, okay. Um, there's a small chance that I'm slightly more wanted there than I am literally everywhere else in this universe. So, eventually we can go there. Okay, we can we can go there uh, as our last uh, climatic treasure hunting. Uh, still haven't thought about the last part name. How about we are very close to... What's the other one? Um, the one we're closest to. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wild Tross? Yeah, we're pretty close to there, considering that we're in... What, what's nearest to us besides that? Uh, Agrishol or Access City. Okay. I say we go to the ones that are closest. Mm. Access City sounds funny. It does. I like that name. That's... All right. So we all decided on going to Access City place first. Uh, Cal says, that works for me. Um, oh, yeah. You exist. I think our, I think of our trio immediately first. That's fair. Uh, Cal but, says Val also probably said that. Yeah. <laughs> um, he says we should probably wait on the whole Bismuth Kingdom, anyways, just because only two of us can exist underwater, and Agrishol will be kind of difficult to get into. Also, I don't. While Tross is destroyed and i'm pretty sure it's a hideout for visionaries and i don't know how good they are with us so we might want to hold back on that one access city though access city though (laughs) does seem to be our best bet for now especially since one of the ones in the ocean aren't marked um all right how do you spell access city uh, A-C-C-E-S-S. So access, like getting into something? Yes. yes. Okay, okay. All right. Uh, I just want my treasure, so let's go. Money. Hi, everyone. We're going to take a quick ad break. It won't take much time at all. Uh, we just have a few announcements and some advertisements and a uh, quick apology about a uh, later character. I just wanted to apologize for something you're going to hear later in this episode. There is a very toxic trope called uh, the mammy trope. It is designed specifically by white people to coddle other white people. It is typically a Cajun black woman. Uh, there are country women. They typically refer to themselves in third person and call themselves mama or something along the lines. They call other people baby and sweetie and honey. And I was unaware of this at the time I made the uh, the character. It is just a short one-off character. They're not in the podcast for long. But I tried to correct it by changing the accent and undoing some of the other on-the-nose stuff. But Magic Dagger is always against oppression and toxic tropes and stereotypes and racism. I just wanted to apologize for the misrepresentation uh, the character was based off of someone I personally knew, and I was unaware of the trope, so I, I'll i make sure to avoid this specific kind of representation. Again, I am very sorry. Hi everyone, from now on we'll be doing more personable ad spaces. I am also here to announce a few things. 
We have started a shout out system through Fiverr where you'll be able to send another person a message or advertise your product or service for about $100. Yes, it, it is quite a bit, but it is a permanent spot on our podcast. If you can't afford that, but want to support us financially, we still have our Patreon and a bunch of bonus content on there. Not to mention, we will be launching an album containing the music from the first arc next Thursday on February 4th. Available everywhere you find music. You'll be able to find any of this on our social media accounts in our link tree. But of course, if you can't pay to support us, then you can always just share us. That would that would help us a lot. We don't pay anything for advertisement, and we work... <laughs> We grow strictly by word of mouth, and it would help us a lot if you shared us. But if you do, we'll name a character or item after you, and again, it just means the world to us. Now, time for the lore of the week. Soon is known for many things, but one of the most famous parts is its supers. Though they were phased out and no one really sees them anymore, they were considered a dangerous threat by the provision the moment they realized they didn't need them anymore to further push their agendas. They were used by both the Solastri and Provision during their war 500 years ago, but after the war with the Visionaries, the Provision made them quote-unquote disappear. Now they only exist as merch, comic books, movies, video games, and rumors. And, and whenever he, uh, he says treasure, you... if. Like, are, are any of you looking at Xerxes, like, Patches, currently? I've never looked at him before. They knew that he wasn't is, crying and of allergies is, is going to be looking at him intently. Is Adam looking at Xerxes at all? I mean, yeah, he's been doing a lot of talk, uh, talking, so he's probably been making a lot of eye contact. Okay, so whenever, like, every time Xerxes has said treasure, you see the, the face that he's making when he says treasure. It looks almost like it's a face of someone would make when they're about to break down. Uh, I guess Adam might know it because he's seen Patches break down in a similar facial way. Yeah, that makes sense. But as soon as he says the next word after treasure, the that look goes away. Yeah, so uh, Adam Adam seems a little concerned, but you he realizes you are um, like trying to save face, so he doesn't really s- say anything about it. I don't think Xerxes realized he's making that face either. So yeah, he's like, "All right, Access City it is. Wow, I this is awesome. I, I've never been to Sum before, and I'm about to go to another city. Woo! Don't we got me had transition me to us flying to city? Yeah, <laughs> you got you guys. Um, uh, uh, Patches, I want you to make another piloting check. Can I do like a history check to see if I've been and or know what? Access City is and yeah, what the is. Can I do it too? Just so yeah. like okay, history. Again, I forget how long has it been since Xerxes been on Zoom. Um, uh, like since the start of this podcast or since the start of this uh, this campaign, because you guys were there for that heist. Yeah, um, Val that, doesn't remember it exists. She's already forgotten. It's there. Uh, that is a 30 seventeen years. on the piloting roll. Really? Did you get a four? Got a seven. Ooh, 21. Okay. Um, so with that check on Access City, you you know that Access City is known for its food. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't have much else going for it. But the food... Let me read you the actual note I have for Access City. 
Access City is known for its food. That's it. Not much else to do. But the food? Don't get me started. Access City is... And that's a description of what the city looks like, and we'll get to that once we get there. Okay. Uh, but yeah, you, you know it's known for its food. Like, it's got a variety of cultures. It's also... One of the few like visionaries are okay uh, cities, and like they're also they have the same feeling towards fiends. They're like, yeah, they're okay. Food. You're you're, you're fine here. Bob doesn't uh, care about being accepted. She wants the food. Uh, there's Speaking actually a few fiend-owned businesses here that aren't just Triton. Yeah. So I mean, we're still all criminals, so we still all should disguise ourselves. Yeah, probably. Does it fit Patch's history and character to not have a sense of taste anymore? I mean, she's basically a walking corpse, so yeah, I guess so. I want. I haven't thought about that. Hmm. I don't think you know you don't, but you don't. Yeah, that sounds about right. I also she's imagine like, she probably doesn't have a sense good. of smell. Hmm. Yeah, because they're so interlocked. She thinks pain is smell. <laughs> oh, <laughs> smells spicy. <laughs> I was about to say that exact thing. <laughs> All right, yeah, you you guys um you guys do get struck by lightning, but it's not enough to take you down. It's just something that'll have to be repaired at some point, but. You you uh, you manage to head out and you drive over Eversol and it takes you so long because it's so many miles wide uh, and you fly over several districts within the city. You, you fly over the district known for its issue with a spell plague that has caused the entire city to be overrun with forest and animals and stuff. Ooh. And you keep flying and you, you manage to get past an actual forest, some mountains, and you arrive on this... It seems for the most part kind of scattered but once you get closer you realize there's actually buildings in those spots that seemed empty there's so many vehicles here they're driving in and out of the city there's a few skyscrapers but not many because again this place is mostly known for its food you start to drive in and you see these brick wood and stone and concrete buildings they have this refreshing vintage architecture uh, which is a nice break from the futuristic metal skyscrapers that you guys mostly saw in Eversol. But the, uh, you see a lot of mom-and-pop stores, a, a lot fewer, like, big corporate stores. Uh, of course, there's Terry Marts, but there's also, like, Jason's Meats and the Bone Swap or Gnome's Palace, the, uh, all these weirdly non-brand name stores and coffee shops and restaurants and as soon as you guys hit the city Xerxes you are immediately compelled like you you are immediately driven to land to want to land the ship like you have this uncontrollable desire to just walk once you get to the city okay um and i i think Cal actually starts to walk from the back of the shuttle and is like, "Are, are we are we getting close?" Yeah, we gotta we gotta get out now. We need to walk. Oh fuck! I forgot to mention there was. You also found this uh, little tracker thing um, that when you guys passed Wyver, uh, Wild Tross, it like started to beep, and then once you got past it, it, it stopped. Dang, that's pretty important. You probably need to edit yourself giving that to us. Yeah, um, it wouldn't be the first time I've had to retcon something. <laughs> You get there, and it starts to slowly bing, and there's an arrow on this tracker, and you start to walk through the city after you guys land, and you at first you're looking at the tracker, and you're following it, and then you get hit with, like, the smell of this, that the city just naturally has. I was going to say, if we're going straight Wait. for that object, you're going to lose Val. She's just going to run into the crowd. 
Wait, we need to explain what we look like. <laughs> yeah, go oh, ahead. Yeah. I'm going to say it's the same thing that I've been wearing. Like, same person, different clothes. She's probably wearing kind of like one of those jacket... Oh, I should probably get close to my mic. Uh, she's wearing one of those, like, jacket crop tops mm-hmm. and, like, leggings and trainers. Okay. Xerxes is... He turns into what could only be described as a half-orc male. I think that would be described as a half-orc, yes. Cal, ha- he just looks like a like a middle-aged-looking dad. Like, he looks fit, but, like, he actually has an arm and a leg. And he has, like, actual hair. Like, his head isn't shaved as closely as it was. Um, and Adam is, he, he's that same teenager that he was two days ago. With the same scruff. Uh-huh. Uh, what does Patches look like? Patches use this guy's self, if they, I mean, if necessary. And they look like, they already did the old person thing. This time they look like a skinny, um, like, young man. He looks, like, exhausted and looks, picture like a librarian that thought they were going to, like, have a great library and be able to inspire like in others but figured out that they just were working in a public library that didn't care about its employees and he is drinking coffee at like 5 a.m oh so he's gay <laughs> he's wearing patches is now wearing a scarf and big glasses with round glasses um it's infinity scarf well now it's just a stereotype. Thanks, Nathaniel. You know what? Uh, I'm That's still what convinced I was... Nathaniel hates gay people. <laughs> yeah, totally. No. No, no. Um, that's what I'm picturing for the for the librarian. It's actually what I was picturing before he was <laughs> termed gay, so it's your stereotyping. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> He's got a point. I was thinking disaster gays, which are the, the drinks yeah. too much coffee at 5 a.m. Anyway. Yeah. That's a hell of a mood. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, you guys start walking down the sidewalk, and it, it's got the same street layout that Eversol had, where where the roads have the multi-story lanes, and they have the little floating orbs to signify different lanes. But the buildings are all, for the most part, one to two-story. There's a lot of shops, there's a lot of graffiti arts, there's a lot of murals that are painted on the side of buildings. You smell coffee you smell like fresh cooked fried baked foods you and xerxes you you almost go into a trance where like you're not even looking at this track anymore you're not even listening to it anymore you're just walking you know exactly where you're going you know you're you're following a path that you do regularly this is a path you walk on a daily basis uh you get to the street you stop and you look both ways and you wait for the little sign to say it's okay to walk across and then you walk across the street and you get back onto the sidewalk and you start walking further and there's a point where you get into more of a an apartment complex area and you get to a certain point in the sidewalk and you just stop dead in your tracks and you 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 start to feel your nose burn and your eyes start to burn again and you look across the street and you're just you guys see Xerxes just staring at this apartment complex at a very specific floor uh, for a moment 
Does Xerxes do or say anything? Mm, this is a very out-of-body experience I'm having right now. Uh, hey guys. Uh-huh. Uh, Howdy. Do y'all want right. to get something to eat? <laughs> do you say that? Val's actually already has a skewer that she got while you guys weren't paying attention. You asked that, and, like, uh, Val's, like, running to catch up with you guys with a bunch of food in her hands. Did you say you wanted to get food? Yeah, I'm down. Alright. The moment you hear that, you, your body takes control once again, and you turn, uh, and you keep going the direction you're going, and once you hit the corner, you turn right, uh, and you start heading down that block, and you just keep going down the sidewalk crossing the streets um you actually get to this park where you see uh you can hear a bunch of dogs running around and playing and you swear you hear some horses uh winnie in this park and you turn and you stop dead in your tracks and you look around and it's just dogs and i'm assuming at this point spicy could tell something strange is up so spicy has popped out of the ethereal realm spicy is also acting weird oh okay spicy is i don't i don't even think spicy has recognized that you're acting weird i think uh that xerxes is acting weird spicy's also he's in the ethereal realm he's also following the same path that xerxes is following <laughs> instead of like with the intent to keep walking as xerxes feels spicy seems to have hit his destination like, he, he seems like this is where he was going to go. This was his destination. He was going to come to this park. Okay. So, uh, what were we saying about Xerxes? Does he continue going to the destination then? I, I imagine he, uh, you probably keep looking around to try to see if you see where the oh, Winnie came from. And when you realize you don't, you begin to start walking again. But then you hear a familiar voice and you turn to try to see if you can hear it again. And it's not there and then like your heart sinks and you kind of trudge a little and then you turn to go back and you perk back up and start walking down the sidewalk and you get back into the more building filled area of the city and a person on like a bike with like a bunch of pizza boxes on the back rides past you and you get hit with a smell your whole body almost lurches back and you turn and you see corner mon store like just across the street like across the, the exact opposite corner of where you're at on the sidewalk and you see it's like almost a diner um but a little more specific above the door it's got this oval like slightly crooked and across it it says mamas you are swept with the the allergies again and the rest of you can hear the dinging from his tracker it's a lot louder. It's gotten more rapid. And he... I don't even think you use this, the crosswalks anymore. You probably like just walk across this intersection across the street. Hell yeah, yeah. we're criminals. Jaywalking. Um, Adam almost goes to follow you, but like he sees these ships almost hit you and have to swerve around. And you hear a bunch of honking. And he's like... Ah, ah, z- z- mm. And he like looks around and he just covers his uh, face and just walks across the crosswalks. So, currently, what Xerxes is feeling right now, this isn't the first time something like this has happened while on soon for him. So it's, he's like, he's going with the way his body's moving. You get to the door, 
and as soon as you open it, you're just smacked with smells. You you smell everything, like every single thing, like in detail, down to the ingredients that are inside of this building. You are hit with such a sense of nostalgia, it almost knocks you down to your knees. And like, you've been hit with some pretty damaging blows, like some stuff that's knocked you through the sky, they've knocked you through walls, they've knocked you through a ship before, you've been thrown through multiple floors in a building, you've never been hit this hard. It makes you feel weak in the knees, and once that passes and you think you have your strength back, you are actually brought to your knees as the allergies hit you so strong to the point where you're almost bawling, and you guys can hear the tracker just... It's to the point where it's just dinging a lot slower, but that seems to be more uh, due to the fact that it can't ding any faster. But it is louder than usual. And if you manage to get it away from Xerxes, you can see that if you just move it around, it moves. So it's definitely in this building, and you look around and you see a picture of this generic dude with a half-orcish woman with their arms around each other. And below it is a pedestal with this box... And you see this uh, large, dark-skinned woman uh, come around the counter. And she sees you just, like, staring at the ground uh, with your nostrils just flared. And, like, there's liquid pouring out of every facial orifice. And uh, she says, can I help you? Are you okay, baby boy? He, he wipes away his allergies and uh, he looks up at her and like, uh... No, I'm just here to, uh, just here to get something. Uh, she laughs and she says, "Oh, well, that's what everyone's here to get." Yeah. Okay. Yep. That's, that's what I'm here for. What can I get for you? Why don't you come sit down and I, I I'll, I'll go ahead and take. Uh, let Mama take your order. Uh, he he goes uh, and sits down. Yeah, she help. She helps you over. Like she like, legitimately helps you. She, like she has an arm under a hand under your shoulder and is carrying you over to uh, a booth. And uh, when she talks to you, you feel this, you feel safe. Like you feel warm and comforted and safe in her presence in a very nostalgic and almost motherly way. What? I don't want to be that. It, this is kind of falling under the mammy stereotype. What's a mammy? Like the 1920s black like mommy figure that takes care of everyone and calls everyone baby and it's like coddles white children that whole thing oh fuck yeah this is just a bit maybe just change the accent should i lean more country than cajun yeah for sure i mean like country's fine and then maybe not the same to me but not call yourself mom in the third person that might help okay she says now let me help you what can i do for you uh so we're already sitting down yeah okay uh I'm currently in the search of something that I left here a long time ago. She says, uh, how long was that? Oh, uh, well, I, I, I don't really know how long ago it was. I just know I left it here. And that's what I've come here to get. Uh, she says, well, I, I can't help you if you don't tell me what you're missing. Well, I mean, it's a treasure box that I left here that, uh, is what I came here to afford. I mean, of course, I can, uh... Order something, too, if I can get your help on the matter. Uh, when you say you left a treasure box, her expression changes. It turns from 
warm and comforting and customer servicey to shock and confusion. She's staring at you for a second, and then she looks over at this picture on the wall and the pedestal underneath it, and she turns back to you, and she says, Well, let, let's get you started off with some food, and we'll see what I can do about the treasure box. All right. So sounds good to me. What about what about oh, everybody else? Val takes the half-eaten dumpling out of her mouth that she's been eating and then sets down the skewers, the fried doughs, and then the tacos. And she's like, yeah, no, I'll take uh, your top three menu items, please. She she writes down on her on her notepad. She's like, all right, so uh, one John Doe special. We're going to do a arm squash lasagna. Those are on season right now. Ooh. And we're going to do a, let's see, what's it today? Ah, this one's good. This, this one's my favorite. We're going to do the Dracula. Mm-hmm. And it's a love season. It's not time of the year yet. Um, actually, it's past. It's actually not arm squash season either. We're in middle of autumn, aren't we? What the fuck's an arm squash? Um, it's basically like this. It's also called the infinity squash. It's got like a bend. And it's, uh, it grows in the shape of an arm. But each finger or digit, quote unquote, grows into another one, and it just keeps doing that forever and ever. What a downright shame! What an awful waste! <laughs> what a nice frame. frame! So, so no, uh, sorry. She gets you the John Doe special. I can't think. So she sells like, um, uh, pastas and noodles, mm-hmm. like pasta and noodle based dishes. And it can be from any culture. So John Doe is the number one. Are you trying to think of like what it is, or I'm trying to think of the other two. Oh, meat and iced co- coffee, please. That was. <laughs> <laughs> I know that wasn't at all like appropriate for what he was trying to determine what it was, but I feel like Patches just like spit that out as she was asking other people's orders. Um, she she'll she'll put. Uh, what, what's your spice level? Infinite. Level? It's definitely not, but Val thinks it is. Uh, she's like, all right, we're going to get you the spicy, uh, pho, and we're going to get you the goulash. Do you, does your family not make goulash? It's, it's been a while. Like. Okay, sorry, that's just, a, I, I make goulash like once a week. I don't oh. even know what that is. Oh, and. Uh, it's like a German, uh, egg noodle dish. That's definitely not what I make, but my family calls it goulash. Ah. Uh. And she turns to Patches and she says, what can I get for you? Meat and an iced coffee. Ah, uh, she's like, all right, all right. Um, for you, uh, uh, for you, kiddo. And uh, Adam's like, can I get the mac and cheese? And uh, she's like, absolutely. And you, uh, for you, uh, you, young man. And uh, Cal's, uh, Cal kind of laughs and he says, uh, I'll, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll take the um, butternut squash lasagna. She's like, all right. Uh, and for you? Uh, he just says the uh, the uh, number one special, please. The John, John Doe special? Yeah, that one. All right. Uh, and, like, it, she's writing down your order, but she's, like, making direct eye contact with you. Like, she's trying to get a read on you. Uh, And she says, we'll have that out in less than 20 minutes. 
Uh, you guys just sit tight. And she heads to the back. Mm, do you guys do her say anything in the meantime? Val chops up all the food she's have. She's she has and puts it into a one pile and then eats it. <laughs>